Welcome to Limewood's Behind the Green podcast, where we get the inside scoop on all things sustainability and talk to people prioritizing and building a greener tomorrow. I'm your host, Rebecca Smith, and today I'm joined by George Wojciechowski, the co-founder and CEO of Manifest. George has been working in the shipping and fulfillment space for almost 10 years. Previously, he co-founded the 3PL ShipBob and in June of 2021 co-founded Manifest, which is dedicated to providing sustainable e-commerce fulfillment solutions. George noticed that oversized 3PL models produce too much waste and resort to cutbacks on the client experience, and thus Manifest began. Manifest helps teach brands how to be more efficient and more environmentally friendly while putting the customer experience first. Today, we'll dive into how retailers can prioritize the customer experience while keeping sustainability goals top of mind which is especially relevant as we head into this holiday season. So let's dive right in. All right, George, thanks for being here. I'd love for you to give a little intro of yourself, if you will. Yeah, I'm George Wojciechowski, CEO of Manifest Commerce. We are a sustainable sustainable third-party logistics company based just outside of Austin, Texas, in a town called Buda. I've been in the logistics industry for the better half of a decade, and recently I uh, formed Manifest Commerce with two of my partners to create a paradigm shift in e-commerce and switch our industry to a more, on a more sustainable path than we have been. Awesome. Love that. That's perfect. Um, let's dive right into these questions then. So Manifest, as you said, right, is all about helping retailers minimize waste and work with those 3PLs and being more um, sustainable in their fulfillment process. Um, and so can you tell me more about what the fulfillment process really looks like in general and like what that is from start to finish, just for those of us that don't really know what that looks like? Yeah, so the fulfillment process is fairly straightforward. It's a, it's a, it's 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 reason built on top of reason built on top of reason, and then you have to prepare yourself for the endless variables, as you know, that come along in the business of shipping. However, it's been very surprising that so much has changed in e-commerce over the last 15, 20, 25 years, and we're still very much doing fulfillment the same way that it was done 25 years ago. Uh, that to me was shocking. So when when I went when I set about reimagining what 21st fulfillment should look like, uh, it was uh, there was no doubt in my mind that sustainability as the north star is a must. I believe that the current state of e-commerce is unsustainable, and that we need better solutions. Uh, one of the things that has occurred over the last couple of years uh, is that we've seen a dramatic shift from how comfortable the broader part of the population is with e-commerce. When COVID hit, uh, people like my 71-year-old mother went from never shopping online to now, three years later, she gets everything from her groceries to her, you know, anything that she would buy at a department store four years ago, she is now getting online. And so this is, you know, I think it was that one of the executives at Shopify recently said that there's, you know, no difference between e-commerce and and traditional commerce anymore. It's all just commerce uh, Mm -hmm. because e-commerce is here to stay and it's just the way that we naturally shop nowadays. And given that that's where the world is heading, we need a more sustainable solution in uh, the the, the 3PL industry, in the e-commerce industry or the commerce industry that takes into account not just the sustainability of the materials we use as a vessel to deliver these products, but a broader view of the supply chain and how we can be more efficient, earth-friendly, responsible, socially and environmentally responsible, um, and take into all all these critical factors to our daily lives and in the industry that many of us operate in to support our daily lives. And I think those go hand in hand. And I think 
part of the problem, part of the issue is that, you know, everybody wants to do good. Most people want to do good, but showing people how it can be done and how it's done and the education process is, I think, the state where, where things are today. Yeah, it's super important. There's so many, especially when you think about sustainability, that's become, I almost think it's become a little bit of a buzzword, right? Where we say sustainability all the time, but what does that really mean? Um, yes. And digressing a little bit, I realize I think both of us are wearing green right now. We're really, we're pushing that sustainability piece without even planning on it. Um, yes. I just noticed, but, it's surprisingly um, cold in Austin, Texas. I usually don't wear sweaters, but it's, it's necessary <laughs> today. Yep, need it. Um, I want to go back a little bit to something that you had just said. So in your experience, what do you think is the most wasteful part of the process? Because you'd mentioned that there's a whole lot of waste that sustainability needs to be fixed. What's the most wasteful part of this process um, in the fulfillment space? Yeah, I think there's a few. Um, but for me, it, I'm still kind of awestruck when I start thinking about the process of e-commerce and the millions and tens of millions of packages that are delivered daily. And almost every single one of those packages, with the exception of those uh, merchants and customers utilizing Lime Loop, uh, that that vessel, that box, that poly mailer is has a is a one trick pony. It is to get a product from point A to point B, and I think that's kind of sad because so much gets wasted. Uh, so many, yeah. so and, and in tradition, you know, if you kind of step back from, you know, we can go in. We'll go into how Manifest does our fulfillment sustainably. But if you go back into like just traditional fulfillment, then including ours as well. Just the corgit that goes, you know, the corgit that's derived from lumber, uh, the polymailers that are, you know, you know, uh, that utilize a lot of plastic, all the void fill, all the different components to get packages safely to customers' doorsteps. I think very few people still realize today how taxing that is, how much resources goes into getting this relatively simple act accomplished. And I think moving away from that in a few ways, in, in, in choosing materials uh, that are reusable or sustainable, preferably biodegradable, uh, because recycle is good. But you know, the deeper you go down the rabbit hole of recycling, the more you find out that you know, items to be recycled need to be perfectly in condition for the recycling company to choose that item to, to actually go out and recycle it. And you also can't also always rely on people to do the right thing and to recycle or to go to the recycling bin versus just throwing it down the trash chute. Um, so I think that the materials that are used that are sourced to uh, accomplish the tasks of delivering packages uh, is, it, it, it is where attention needs to be given. For Rebecca, the most wasteful product of the process is clearly the packaging, the methods in which uh, the packages are being delivered. Like as good as we do, or as good as we try to do to reimagine fulfillment within the fulfillment center walls at Manifest, you know, nine times out of 10, it still gets on a diesel truck uh, after it gets picked up from our facility. So there's, there, you know, we're starting where, where we have deep expertise, but I think the need in the future as we go on and start to convert more merchants to choosing to ship sustainably is to look at the broader supply chain and the broader e-commerce ecosystem and find partners and like-minded companies that are moving in the same direction, that have the same North Star around sustainability and environmental responsibility and, and, and find ways to work together to create a value proposition that's just as strong as the lazy value proposition that everyone has become accustomed to, but in a new way and in a way that 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 makes a lot more sense, not just uh, business-wise, but for 
for, for the environment, for society, and for our legacies. I think one of the great things about e-commerce is that it's provided so many people the opportunity to leave their jobs and start businesses or create side hustles. This is really good. You know, it's tremendous democratization of opportunity for people to take an inspired idea and turn it in, you know, use tools like Shopify and, and, and the broader e-commerce ecosystem and uh, create a business. Uh, but I also think that, you know, that once the education as to what the cost is, the actual cost is behind the scenes of running these businesses and operating these businesses, people want to be on the right side of history and they want to be proud of their legacy uh, and the not just the businesses that they, they create and how successful they were, but what kind of legacy they left behind for future generations and what their business took from the planet to achieve its success. And so finding ways, discovering ways to uh, do that in a way that's responsible, ethical, uh, is, is I think the goal here. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. It's um, especially since now, when you said before about how e-commerce, it's not just it's not just e-commerce, right? Everything is all together now in one, like it's just makes commerce more available to everyone, right? That means that everyone, whether you live in a tiny town outside of Austin or you live in the big city of New York, you're, you have access no matter where you are to everything, but then it's thinking about that sustainability piece of, okay, what kind of legacy am I going to be leave behind if I am constantly buying all these, I mean, stuff that's just going to take up space and then I'm throwing it into a landfill, right? It's like thinking about how every little decision that you make is going to add up to something big. And I think that's a really interesting way that to think about that, that a lot of people don't necessarily think about. Yeah, um, I, I think more and more people are starting to look at themselves and the way that they live their lives and ask, how big is my environmental footprint? Yeah. That it, that it, how much bigger is it than it has to be? And how much am I taking as an individual compared to other people around the planet? And, I'm, and am, I, am I doing my part to be conscious of that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is actually a really good kind of tie into where we are right now. Um, considering the holidays are coming up really quick. It's, um, we're going to be right at the end of December soon. Um, and I, I think I read recently that it was, I think it was 23%, um, household waste increases by 23% around the holidays because of all the shopping that we're doing. And that comes with gifts and decorations and even food, right? There's so much waste that happens. And how does that really impact the retailer during this time um, from this fulfillment perspective as well? What kind of stuff do they have to think about and deal with a little bit more around the holidays? Yeah, I think you need to build in your processes ahead of time or for sustainability because one thing that every retailer experienced during the holidays is most retailers will experience is a massive pickup in their mm -hmm. business. And when the velocity is turned up three, four, five, six X on the amount of orders that are coming in and that are you're required to ship out, uh, things like uh, how do we do the right thing and recycle these materials that don't need to be uh, utilized in the shipment or came off a, a inventory that arrived. Um, so, so having discipline around the processes ahead of time will certainly help with dealing with the massive uptick in volume and continuing to do the right uh, sustainable practices um, because it's very easy to, to, to deprioritize that when you have so many urgent issues in front of you during the holiday season as a retailer. Um, so I think that affects retailers uh, a lot, hopefully, uh, you know, as many as possible are looking at the landscape that, that, that that's ahead of us over the next month and are thinking about that and be like, well, you know, things are going to slip. 
things always slip, but how do we really stay disciplined to our core, to the mission that we're representing to our audience, that we're representing to our customers, and what we stand for as a company? Um, and that takes a little bit of planning ahead of time um, and, uh, and prioritizing it in the real time, even with competing priorities uh, so front and center. Yeah, this is actually a really good place, I think, too, to, to give a little like description of how Manifest works in this, because I think Manifest, right, is a really good way that um, just the way that you've set up your business, like it's a good way that people can actually retailers can start to prevent this and get ahead of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, our like I like I mentioned before, our sustainability is North Star. The reason we built this 3PL was not because necessarily building a 3PL is it's exciting to us and it means a lot. And we've been in this business for 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 like I said, the better half of a decade. But the idea of being part of the movement, being part of the groundswell with companies like Lime Loop and EcoCart and shifting e-commerce into a more sustainable direction, I think is very exciting. And given that it's exciting, it's our number one priority. So a lot of these issues that I know are going to affect retailers this holiday season is something that we were thinking about back in September. We know we're going to see among our clients, an uptick of three, four, five, six X, depending on the client, their volume over the next month. Uh, if uh, we are the company who we set about building and we you know, stand for what we say that we stand for, we need to adhere to our principles and our discipline. And we've been working really hard over the last four, five, six weeks, creating those processes in place that you know, in the fulfillment center, when we are you know, when we, you know, we come into the office on a Monday morning and the volume is like, you know, we have our SLAs and the volume is an, an, an impossible amount of orders that came in over the last 24 or 48 hours. We're still going to practice what we preach and, 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 and do the sustainable thing. And our, so our value proposition kind of dialing back for a second is we're a zero plastics facility. Our fulfillment is done uh, with in, involving zero plastics. That includes no plastic tape, no plastic void fill, air pillows, any of those materials that we know are going to have a hard time uh, biodegrading and are going to be hanging around for decades on this planet, we've essentially eliminated. Uh, a lot of people don't know that the something as simple as the plastic tape that often arrives on packages uh, takes up to 500 years to completely decompose. That's when I, when I read that statistic early on in my research, I was... I was shocked by that. That's longer than the United States has been a country than our society, has, you know, that, that we've been able to identify as a nation. So thinking about just something as simple as something inconsequential that you'll buy on a whim at 930 on a Wednesday night that arrives at your doorstep on a Friday, and let's call it a tea tree oil that comes in like a plastic wrap, that's going to be there for the next five centuries, more or less. Um, it's and wild. So, it's so wild. It's so wild. And we're just scratching the surface. I don't know if we have time to go into all the different uh, things that uh, go into common fulfillment being done today that, you know, you just kind of shake your head in light of, you know, better alternatives being available. Why do we continue to utilize these practices and utilize these materials? But we're a zero plastics facility. We've eliminated that from the fulfillment process. All of our shipments are carbon neutral. We work with our partner EcoCart to offset the carbon footprint on every single one of our shipments. Um, you know, that's not the end all be all. We don't hang our hat on just uh, offsetting the carbon footprint and saying, okay, yeah, we're sustainable. 
it's kind of a little bit like buying indulgences from the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages. It's it's you know it's, it's a thing. You you feel bad about it, but you know it's a necessary evil. Uh, and so uh, we've taken it one step further. All of our packages, all of our all of our poly mailers boxes are biodegradable. Sometimes curbside recyclable, but we prefer to use biodegradable materials. All of our void fill biodegradable. Our poly mailers, for example. Uh, decompose in about 550 days completely, whereas the traditional poly mailer takes about 23 years. Mm -hmm. So just an example of the types of materials we use versus the common materials used in fulfillment. Um, yeah. Cool. No, that's great. That's actually a really good tie into to kind of how I want to end this is that like if we, if someone, if retailers, if we don't make a change in the way that we are um, moving goods around to consumers between stores, you know, like where do you actually think the world is going to go? If we don't get more sustainable, what's going to happen? Oh, I think a lot of the lot, lot of the potential scenarios that you keep hearing talked about, you know, and half the population is like, ah, oh, it's just, you know, down, what, what, what does that concern me today? Uh, and then uh, the other half the, po the population is super concerned about these. I think you'll start to see a lot of these changes happen and, People, but I, I, taking a step back, Rebecca, I think that the change has already happened. I actually think that a lot of retailers are slow to the changes that are naturally occurring among the consumers. Mm. More, I've observed uh, that you know that key eighteen to fifty demographic now more than ever shopping with brands and voting with their dollar. Uh, with brands and companies and ideas and missions and organizations that reflect their ethos around social and environmental issues now more than ever. I think that that's not the problem. You, 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 if you have any young teenagers or 20-somethings in your life, that's kind of how they already grew up thinking. Um, you know, And I think it's the businesses who find it somewhat inconvenient to make these changes, to implement these changes, because they have, again, all their competing priorities. Everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants to add more people. Everybody wants to have better businesses, better environment for their employees. But I think when it comes to uh, shopping, uh, people, that's it's the new brand loyalty. If you're socially and environmentally responsible as a brand and you can represent yourself confidently as such, it's going to attract an audience of people who are more loyal to your brand than they are to a competitor who may have a similar product that doesn't stand for anything more than, hey, we produce this product and it's cool. So I think I think slowly but surely retailers are going to start to prioritize, hey, how can we be better as an organization? And there's a lot of social pressure that's building. Right now, it's on the bigger companies. You know, the bigger companies get called out because they're either greenwashing or they're not doing enough, but that's going to filter down to small and medium-sized businesses. That's inevitable. And I think the early merchants were able to recognize that it's not just the right thing to do, that companies like Manifest and Lime Loop make it economical to do, but that it also is a competitive advantage in the new marketplace uh, to position your brand, to make these sustainable choices. I think you're going to see more and more of a groundswell of brands take these steps uh, and discover that these solutions exist and are great to implement into their business and position themselves as a brand. Yeah, no, it's a really great um, breath of fresh air to hear a very optimistic perspective as well, right? You could ask this question to anyone of, okay, what's going to happen if we don't make changes? And a lot of times people kind of go down a, 
a negative path of this is what's going to happen. This was a very nice breath of fresh air to say people are changing. People are more ethical. They're prioritizing values or they're prioritizing brands that have similar values to them and the change is happening. So I love, 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 love that you just ended with that. That is such a great yeah. way to, to end this. Is there anything Wonderful. else that you want to leave that you want to leave us with any other thoughts, anything you want to share? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy to, to have this conversation, Rebecca. I'm a big fan of Lime Loop. I think what you what the what, uh, what you know your reusable products are part of the solution, a big part of the solution as we look into the future of packaging and fulfillment. A uh, lot of focus right now that we have internally at Manifest is on how can we get smaller, how can we be more efficient mm -hmm. in the packaging, use less materials, use smarter packaging. And I think Lime Loop works with that really well because you take it one step further, it's not just just disposable packaging that's being packaged efficiently, but now it's something that can be used 50, 100, 150 times over and over. That's a better world. I think we can all agree. It's a better world uh, in which shopping and commerce uh, merge to create a, uh, a unique experience for people to, to, to buy products that they need and want and to feel good about it. I think we've all had that feeling at some point in our lives where you go to the recycling bin on a Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever your trash is picked up and, and you can't even put the package in the recycling bin yeah. because the lid is up. And uh, our goal is to help eradicate that problem um, and, 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 and create not necessarily guilt-free shopping because everything takes resources, but feel better about this, feel more confident that the shopping and the choices that we're making aren't just selfish choices, but they are choices that are responsible um, and that we can have the things that we want and uh, start to minimize the impact that they make at, on the world at large. Yeah, no, that's great. I love that. We love working with you at Manifest as well. So love that so, so much. Um, if you could real quickly let everybody know where to find Manifest, where to find you online, just plug some social, plug your website. Yeah, uh, my uh, our our website at Manifest is manifest www.manifest.eco. Uh, my email address is george at manifest.eco. Uh, george at manifest.eco, and you can also find me on LinkedIn or on Twitter, where I believe my handle is Wojski W O O J S K I G. Perfect. I'll, I'll make sure those are all in the notes as well so people can find you there. And thank you so much for your time. We will talk again soon. Thank you so much, Rebecca. My pleasure. Thanks for listening in to the Lime Loops Behind the Green podcast. If you want to listen to other episodes, visit anchor.fm slash the Lime Loop, and we'll see you in your next time.